Good morning, everyone. Um, so me and Sally are going to share with you this morning something we've been uh, talking over for a couple of months. Um, we'd really hoped to be together to do it, um, but just really thankful for this amazing technology that means we can still both share with you. Um, so yeah, so I'll be at home and Sally will be at Castle Point. So the question we've been thinking about is, what are you thinking? Um, and I guess the secondary question to that is, are my thoughts obedient to Christ? Um, and it just struck us that at this point in time, um, when we're about to, or as society is opening up, we're seeing more people, we're going back to normal, whatever that's going to look like now. But it's valuable at this point in time to reflect on how we're thinking. Um, because over the past year, we've, we've been in a very different mental space um, because of restrictions, because of lockdown. So most of us, many of us, have spent a lot more time on our own. We've probably consumed more news and analysis of news because there's been a lot going on. And I, I don't know about you, but before I would sort of occasionally listen or read something, whereas it's become much more of a daily thing for me to see what's going on and then see what everyone has to say about that new policy or that change of direction. Um, and a lot of us will also have spent more time on social media, uh, partly for something to do. But again, that, that kind of idea of wanting to know what everyone else is thinking so that we can figure out what's going on in the world and where we stand. Um, and it can be really hard to process what's going on inside our heads. Um, and sometimes we can find ourselves in uh, sort of mental positions that maybe don't really match up with what um, what Christ, uh, what Jesus would want of us and, and what he the kind of blueprint that he set for us in terms of how we relate to other people and how we process the world around us. And certainly at points this year, I found myself thinking thoughts um, that really don't reflect God's heart. So one example is um, earlier this year, there was uh, a big event that had a lot of response. Um, and I was on Instagram and some and some different people were posting their responses to this event that had happened. Um, lots of them quite heartfelt, um, just to show solidarity. Uh, and one of the people that I follow on Instagram had taken a few of these different uh, responses and she'd kind of, what you can do is sort of screen grab it and then repost it. And, and she'd reposted it with comments on all of them. And she'd written, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it either. Nope, this person doesn't get it either. And then underneath written basically an essay about how they were wrong and they'd missed the point and um, they didn't have a right to say anything about this situation. And I was like, oh yeah, she, she makes a good point. That's, oh yeah, they haven't considered this, this and this. And then I, I just felt this check, this stop in my, my spirit. And I thought, actually, what's going on here? This is, this is bullying. <laughs> and I found myself in a position of sort of realising how easy it is to get sucked into the kind of flow of um, opinion or morality um, that's out there and, and sort of think, oh, yeah, that's definitely right. And, and when you stand back from it and, and take a look, actually, the way this, this uh, particular Instagrammer was treating people was she was just bullying them. She was calling them out in public, um, dismissing what they had to say and saying, no, what you say has no value. Um, but it was really easy to subscribe to that view. So to me, it just illustrated the idea that actually it's really important to reflect on what we're thinking and how we're processing. Um, 
because actually it's so easy for us to find ourselves in positions we don't want to be. Um, so it's good to take time to reflect. And actually what we're doing is not just having a time of kind of introversion and, and or of feeling guilty about um, maybe the way that we're thinking because God, God is there to help us. So his Holy Spirit will highlight to us areas where maybe our internal response isn't reflecting Jesus. So the Bible's really, really clear that, that what's going on inside us matters. Um, so 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 says, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we see that kind of sentiment reflected right throughout scripture. Um, just that idea that actually what's going on inside is the most important thing, what our thoughts are doing um, how we're feeling about other people. Um, and the truth is that actually generally what's inside us comes out eventually. Um, we may not say what we're thinking, but if we're feeling resentful or uncomfortable around someone, it, it does tend to show um, because all of our actions start with our heart and our intention. So getting that bit right and, and lining that up with God's will is actually really the most important thing. So there's an invitation this morning to be open to the Holy Spirit, to be asking God to help you hear if there's anything that he wants to highlight in your in your heart, in your mind. Um, and it's easy to sort of get defensive and think, no, I, I don't want to go there. That's that's too tricky. Or, you know, actually, I'm pretty sure that my opinions are very correct. But but be open, because I think certainly, as I said, many of us can be in a, a position of thought that actually there, there might be something right in it. But um, God wants to kind of realign us, bring us back to his um, kind of way of thinking and processing. Um, so the Holy Spirit empowers us to reflect in a way that moves us on. So God always wants us to move on from glory to glory to work out our salvation. Um, so, as I said, it's not about introspection and it's not about guilt, but it is about um, having the humility to say, God, I'm letting you in. And again, there's really clear precedent in, in scripture for this. So Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, that's quite a strong statement, isn't it? That's just that desperation to be right before God above all other things. And that's what I really want in my life. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And that seems like, oh, <laughs> how do you do that? But actually, um, God empowers us to do that. Um, but that process requires us to humble ourselves. We need to open everything up to him and be willing to see where he wants to change us. So just to be really clear, what, what we're not saying <laughs> as we share stuff now is that we shouldn't disagree. We will disagree with other people. Um, Jesus disagreed with people and the apostles did. And it would be unhealthy to not bring challenge and discuss important issues with people around us. Um, we're not saying that it's bad to take in other voices, consider opinions. We're, we're not called to sort of shut off all media outlets and social media and just kind of function in a kind of um, closed off space. We're called to be part of this world and to be bringing God's glory and justice into it. So that's not that's not the answer either. 
And we're not saying that certain media outlets or sites or kind of political opinions are worse than others, because actually all of us um, has a bias. Every reporter who writes an article, everyone who shares something on Facebook, everyone has a really complex network of kind of biases that have formed their opinion. And as we recognize that, we can start to see human opinion for what it is. So the focus here isn't about um, particular thing like kind of getting it right or wrong and making sure you've got the right opinion. The focus of what we're talking about is how we let God into that thought process, how we invite him into those really difficult interactions where we disagree with someone on a really fundamental level when it's really hard to talk to them without getting cross. How do we let God into those moments? How do we hear him when actually our opinions and our um, kind of um, the things that we hold really dear rise up inside of us? Um, because we can find ourselves in a position where we write people off because they're different to us and they've got different views. Um, and actually, a really good example of that is uh, the whole Brexit scenario. It was just so divisive across the whole country you know it really meant so much to so many people and I, me I remember I certainly thought about particular individuals who maybe were going to vote a different way to me I would think how can you think that how can you possibly think that um and I'm sure you can probably most of us can recall saying that to someone or thinking it um and actually when we get ourselves into that position we start to see the issue rather than the person and Jesus always sees the person we see it as he as he brings Zacchaeus down from that tree he doesn't see the kind of the the ostracized tax collector that everybody hates he sees the person that God created so it is okay to disagree we need to disagree we will but in that we need to keep our focus on how we treat other people and that is not an easy thing to disagree and yet really love someone so when Sally and I were talking, we were talking about how we get this internal plumb line for deciding kind of how we read or listen to or have a conversation with someone. With all this stuff coming into our brains, how do we align our character with God? Um, because our character is the bit that he's really interested in, rather than us having a list of opinions that are right or that we <laughs> think are right. God God's way goes above and beyond any human philosophy or opinion. And Romans 12 makes this clear. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And Sally's going to talk a little bit about this um, renewing of our mind, checking this plumb line. Okay, thanks, um, Charlotte. Yep, so I'm um, just thinking about this plumb line then. Um, most of you, I'm sure, will know what a plumb line is, but just in case, the dictionary definition is it's a piece of string with a weight attached to one end, and it's used to test if something's vertical, like a wall, um, to, to, to check that it's exactly straight. Um, for those of you that are builders or DIYers, well, we use a spirit level these days. I don't think many people use plumb lines, but I might be wrong. Um, but just coming back to that as an image for how we measure ourselves, we get ourselves into difficulties if we're measuring ourselves against anything other than God's plumb line. It's only God's word, which 
we can understand and accept by the power of the Holy Spirit that can be the measure of what is right in our lives. It can't be what the world tells us. It can't be how we feel on any given day. It's got to be him and his word. So the question we're asking this morning is, is my heart in line with his word? And we need soft hearts. So how soft are our hearts this morning? The Bible tells us that we need to guard our hearts. It's in Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. You can't get anything much more precious than that, the wellspring of life. And I just have a really strong sense, quite a serious, quite a weighty sense, that God is asking us to check ourselves against his plumb line this morning and asking us to guard our hearts, particularly in our responses to one another. So as Lottie was talking about, you know, when we're disagreeing with someone, how, how do we demonstrate God's heart and his love? Um, and I think it's important for us to recognise that there's a battle going on. There is a battle for our hearts. Um, it's a sobering thought, but you know, God, God is with us and we're on his side. So how do we check that our hearts are in line with God's plumb line? So I'm just going to read a passage that describes God's love to us. And it's one of those passages that is so familiar that you could just be in danger of switching off because you just think, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that lots of times. So I just want to encourage you, don't switch off. Try to listen to it as though it's the first time you've heard it. And here's a little challenge, which... I've tried, and it's not easy, um, so it comes with a warning. Where the passage refers to love, see if you can substitute your name. So it's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So uh, we don't have time to go through everything in that passage, but I want to take a couple of things from those verses. So the first one is love not, is not easily angered. So that word angered can be translated as overly sensitive or having sharp edges. So if we're going to measure ourselves against God's plumb line here, that could look like asking, Lord, show me where the sharp edges are in my reactions to people. Where am I being overly sensitive? And then when I've asked him that, I'm going to ask him to soften my heart. I know that if I'm taking offence or particularly starting to get critical of other people, that's an indication to me that I need to ask God to soften my heart again. You know, this isn't something that we do by pulling up our bootstraps. It's about inviting him to come and do that work by the Holy Spirit that only he can do. Um, another part of that passage, love keeps no record of wrongs. I think God wants to remind us this morning that there's no issue, no wrong done to us that is beyond his power of grace and forgiveness. He did it on the cross. There is nothing beyond the power of the cross. 
So we're not saying this means that we let things go if someone's got it wrong or is acting in an offensive way, but our motivation must be about being those who embody God's love and forgiveness. Um, so we're going to just head back to Lottie now just for an example on this. Yeah, so um, I was recently uh, offended, um, upset by something that was said on a, a Sunday morning Zoom. Um, I felt quite exasperated, quite annoyed, um, and I quickly penned quite a long email <laughs> to uh, one of the leaders about it and sent it off. And then as I clicked send, I sort of realised that although I was probably kind of right in what I was saying about what had been communicated, actually I had communicated kind of out of that sense of I'm right, that righteousness rather than um, and kind of judgment rather than love for them and kind of a desire for us to get it right together. Um, so I had to go back to them and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I should have called you. <laughs> we should have talked about this. Um, I realised that my words were pretty, pretty harsh. Um, yeah. OK, yeah, thanks, <clears throat> Lottie. Yeah, so um, love is more important than being right. Um, and I think, I think we've made it clear, really, that we, we recognise that personal pain and personal experience is real and it needs to be dealt with. But it's not about willingly holding on to something because that restricts the freedom that Jesus has got for us. And we do have a choice. I mean, I remember a time I took offence on behalf of a member of my family um, and I'd been really fighting hard against it because the, the issue had gone on for a while. And, and then there was just one moment where I just thought, right, that's enough. I took offence and I, it's almost like I felt something physical change in my heart at that point. And all I can describe it as was there was a hardening of heart and someone had to challenge me on what had happened and I had to repent. And, you know, again, God's grace comes in and I realised that I, I was set free from that thing that was threatening to really overwhelm my heart and my attitudes. So I think what we want to say this morning is being in community with one another with very different opinions is not going to be easy. We're all different. You just have to look at the disciples, you know. Jesus didn't choose a whole load of people that all believed the same thing. They came from completely different ends of the spectrum. And somehow, for some reason, he chose those people and they had to work through their difficulties. And, and God will help us. He's there to help us. We want to think the best of one another because love covers a multitude of sins and we need one another. I'm thinking a lot about the idea at the moment of God has, is calling us on an adventure together and you know we cannot afford to be out, at odds with one another so so let's think about how we respond. So how can I respond practically? Well ask God to search our hearts and if he shows us something that's not rightly aligned so I would suggest asking him, am I being critical? Do I need to forgive? There might be a whole lot of other questions. I mean, go back to that passage that I read to so have a look at that. And if, God, if you know, if God shows you, yes, you are being critical, you do need to forgive, well then we, we repent. And sometimes we need people to stand with us. Sometimes it's a simple thing between us and God. And I just want to come back to that verse, that Proverbs 4.23 verse, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. 
And remember the Holy Spirit is here to help us. We're not doing this on our own.